1: Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today we're going to be doing loving kindness meditation together as part two of our four part series where we're helping you to develop your meditation practice, adding in loving kindness meditation. Because last month, in the month of February, we developed this breathing mindfulness meditation over a four part series where it helped you to learn how to focus on the breath during your meditation and train the mind to come more into the present moment, where as the mind moves to the past or the future, or has thoughts, ideas, and perceptions, you were able to learn how to train the mind to cut that off and let it go and bring the mind back to the breath. Now, of course, in just four weeks, you're not an expert at it yet. You're still developing your practice. And A wise practitioner would always look at it as if they're continuing to develop their practice, even as you enter into the jhanas, the stages of enlightenment, and even when you're actually enlightened, and you know that to be true, it's really wise to just always consider yourself as a practitioner and one who is developing your actual practice. So, that's what we're doing here on Wednesday over a four-part series, is helping you to now take this breathing mindfulness meditation practice where you're training the mind to eliminate craving, desire, and attachment while cultivating mindfulness or awareness of mind. And we're inserting into it this loving kindness meditation because breathing mindfulness meditation helps you to eliminate this craving, desire, attachment, this unwholesome root that causes discontentedness in the mind. This is where the mind has longing with a strong eagerness and it wants to hold on to things and it wants the objects of its affection. And if it gets the objects of its affection, then there's happiness, there's excitement, there's elation. And the mind is actually discontent there because it's actually longing for something and it's basing its internal feelings on this external thing. But this external thing is not permanent. So therefore, in the future, when that thing fades or disappears, or the object of your affection isn't obtainable for some reason, then the mind's going to experience painful feelings, sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, guilt, shame, fear, what have you. Or oftentimes the mind doesn't really even know what it wants. This is the neither painful nor pleasant feelings where you feel kind of bored or lonely and these kind of other discontent feelings. So breathing mindfulness meditation will help to eliminate this discontentedness in the mind. And this is why you don't need 5, 10, 20 different meditations, one to solve anger and one to solve guilt and one to solve stress and one to solve boredom or loneliness, you only need this one meditation of breathing mindfulness meditation because the source or the cause of the problem of these discontent feelings, it's the same thing. It's craving, desire, attachment. So the more you learn about this and the more you train the mind with that style of meditation, you'll see a gradual decreasing of this discontentedness in the mind. But it requires you to do the work, of course. So at least two or three times a day, you need to be doing breathing mindfulness meditation. And then this second aspect of the mind that Gautama Buddha discovered that causes us problems in the unenlightened state is this anger or hatred or ill will. This is where the mind doesn't like certain things. It experiences something that's disagreeable, either a person or the way that they think or their speech or their actions or things that you want, i.e. because of your craving. Now, when you don't get that, when the mind experiences this disagreeable thing, the mind wants to push it out. It associates these painful feelings that you're having with this person or this situation. And the mind wants to push this person or this situation out of your life. And you think that's actually solving the problem in the unenlightened state that if I push this person out of the way and I erect this wall and I never contact them again, that will solve the problem. But in reality, it doesn't solve the problem because as soon as somebody else comes into your life that has this disagreeable thing or you notice something that you disagree with, You're going to want to push that person out of your life, too, and erect another wall. So therefore, you can't reside with this goodwill or this genuine interest in seeing others be well because you're only interested in having relationships and you're only allowing people in your life that you agree with or that share the same opinions as you. And this inhibits us from experiencing these open relationships where we can now converse and have relationships and experiences with all people, whether we agree with them or not. So this anger, hatred, ill will needs to be eradicated from the mind in order for it to reside peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. This is the enlightened mental state. Because as long as you keep pushing people out of your life and pushing people out of your life, eventually you get pretty isolated and secluded where you find yourself with just very few people that you can interact with because you have this whole growing list of criteria or conditions that people have to meet in order for them to be part of your life. This is conditional love. It's not actually love at all. It's these conditions that people have to meet. And this is because of your craving, desire, attachment, where as you learn more and more and you practice, you can understand what unconditional love is. And then you can learn to love all beings unconditionally. Whether you agree with their thoughts or their speech or their actions or not, you can still have this loving kindness and this compassion for all beings. And a wise practitioner that understands impermanence will know that it's impossible for you to agree with everyone in the world because not everyone's always going to agree with you because of impermanence. It's not possible. It's physically impossible. So in order to further train the mind, not only do you need to understand impermanence and how it's not possible for everyone to always agree with you, but you need to train the mind to be able to peacefully coexist In all situations, whether people agree with you or people disagree with you and don't base your affection or your love based on certain conditions and learn to have this loving kindness or this goodwill towards all people, whether they meet your conditions or not. If you just kind of get rid of these conditions and just see people as human beings and everybody working on this path to a better and better existence then you can understand that some people just aren't maybe practicing right speech or maybe their thoughts are a little bit destructive or harmful or maybe even their actions are are harmful but that doesn't mean that we have to hate them or that we have to be angry at them or that we have to have ill will for them it's possible to disagree with somebody's thoughts speech, and actions while maintaining your love for them. That is possible, but it comes with training. So loving kindness meditation is a way to eliminate this anger, this hatred, this ill will, this interest to push painful things away from us and erect this wall. We call this aversion when you're pushing something away from you because the mind is averse to this disagreeable thing and it erects this wall. So the more that you train the mind with loving kindness meditation, you will be able to then peacefully coexist with all beings without any expectations of what people should or shouldn't do. And you can just learn to be more loving, more kind and more compassionate. So I'd like to kind of show you what we talked about last time in brief, just one little thing that I shared last time, which is how we actually do this meditation, which are the rings and affirmations that we do as part of loving kindness meditation. So this is just a bit of a reminder. What we're going to do as part of our session today is we'll go into meditation like we always have been each Wednesday, where I'll do some chanting, and then I'll do some guidance to kind of help you get into Breathing mindfulness meditation, and we'll go some period of time where we're going to be doing breathing mindfulness meditation focused only on the breath. This is going to help to eliminate any kind of chatter or erroneous thoughts that are in the mind, focusing it on the breath and really helping to minimize that. And then at some point, I will come in with these affirmations, which is the loving kindness meditation. And I'll start with, May I be peaceful. And on your out-breath, whatever the next out-breath is that you get to, you just repeat that in the mind, may I be peaceful, meaning you, yourself, this mind that you have. And then at some point I will say, may I be safe, may I be well, may I be free of discontentedness and the suffering it causes. As Four individual affirmations just gradually paced out little by little. And these are affirmations that when you get to the outbreath, you repeat them in the mind and just envelop that peacefulness or that safety or that well-being or that genuine interest in your mind being free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. Then I'm going to move to a ring a little bit wider. I'll say, may we be peaceful, meaning we, the people who are meditating together. And I'll go through these four affirmations again. And then I'll go to another ring. I don't know what that is right now. I think I'm going to probably do relationships today where it's going to be like your family. Right? Like maybe it'll be your partner, your children, your parents, or something like that. And we'll kind of work through these different relationships, moving to friends and associates and neighbors and things like this. And we'll just kind of work our way out. Where eventually we get to all beings, maybe over the course of eight or 10 different groupings of affirmations. Because our last class, we just did these three as a way to just get started and kind of help you gradually start easing into loving kindness meditation. But now we're going to take another flavor of it and kind of add more rings to give you an experience of what it's like to cultivate loving kindness with more rings. And in your practice, You can use what it is that I'm sharing. Nothing here is copyrighted or proprietary. This is all something that you can incorporate into your practice and work with it. Because the first time you do it, oftentimes it feels a little bit strange or a little bit awkward because the mind isn't quite used to it. This is the mind not being comfortable with impermanence. But the more that you do it each day, the mind will become more and more accustomed to it. It will become more and more beneficial. And slowly over time, this meditation will help to erode and eradicate any anger, hatred, or ill will that might exist in the mind. And as you get better and better at this meditation, what you should do is any people that you currently have anger or hatred or ill will towards, maybe even resentment towards, even people that maybe in your past that you're no longer associate with, that the mind is still holding on to resentment or anger for. You need to put those into a ring so that you can slowly erode this anger, hatred, and ill will that you have towards anybody that's currently in your life or anybody that you're holding on to resentment for in the past again, you don't have to agree with that person's thoughts, speech, or actions. You don't have to agree with them. You don't even have to include them in your life. But you at least need to get to a point where your mind eradicates any anger, hatred, ill will, or resentment that you're holding on to for anybody in the world. You have to be able to let go of all that and be able to have a genuine interest and seeing all beings be well, no matter who they are, even if they've done harmful things to you in the past. Again, you don't have to agree with their thoughts, their speech, their actions. You don't have to choose to have a relationship with them if they've harmed you in the past, but holding on to hatred, anger, ill will, or resentment in your mind towards that person, it's not harming them, it's harming you. So this entire path and this meditation is all about improving the condition of your mind. So by you letting go of that anger, hatred, ill will, and resentment, it's going to be beneficial for you. And that letting go happens through breathing mindfulness meditation. That's why that's first. And then as we train the mind to kind of soften up and start being able to let go, then we move into this loving-kindness meditation where now we can start cultivating this wholesome quality of loving-kindness. Because remember the definition that I gave you for meditation. It's this active, dedicated, purposeful training session where we're either eliminating unwholesome qualities from the mind, or we're cultivating wholesome qualities. So with breathing mindfulness meditation, we're eliminating the unwholesome quality of craving, desire, attachment. We're cultivating the wholesome quality of mindfulness or awareness of mind. Here with loving kindness meditation, we're eliminating the unwholesome quality of anger, hatred, ill will, and we're cultivating the wholesome quality of loving kindness. So by moving loving kindness into the mind, it kind of like pushes out this anger, hatred, and ill will. Because oftentimes when you first start this loving kindness meditation and you begin to use it in your practice, you don't really feel it. You don't really feel this loving kindness. You have this anger, hatred, ill will, and resentment in the mind. And that's actually the reason why you need to do it is because you just don't feel it towards this person. But the more that you move in this wholesome quality of loving kindness over multiple sessions of multiple months and uh, perhaps even years, depending on how much resentment or hatred you have, the more you cultivate this wholesome quality of loving kindness, it kind of like pushes out this hatred, anger, and ill will and allows the mind to reside with this genuine interest in all beings being well. So that's what we're going to be doing today as part of our practice session together. But I would like to pause before we actually start meditating to see if you guys have any questions on what we talked about last week regarding loving kindness meditation, what I just shared with you, or what you've been practicing this week since last Wednesday. If there's anything that came up that you have questions about and you would like to get that answered now before we actually do our meditation together so to ask a question in facebook youtube or zoom just put that into the comment section and our moderators james and Bassam will see that and be able to ensure your question gets asked during the class and i'll answer it for you but for zoom if you would like to ask a question you have the added ability to electronically raise your hand and ask any question or follow-up question directly so i'll just check in with james and Bassam see if there's any questions before we get started with our meditation today.
2: Hi, David. I was wondering if we're going to be practicing loving kindness meditation, do you recommend that we essentially always begin with breathing mindfulness meditation?
1: I do, but of course there are situations where you don't do that, right, because of impermanence. I noticed that leading in with breathing mindfulness meditation, I got more benefit in doing it that way and also by ending with some breathing mindfulness meditation on the backside, which is what we do in these classes. There's more benefit there as well, because oftentimes as you're meditating with loving kindness, it can arise feelings of hatred and anger and ill will because of what you're dealing with in this meditation. So that little bit of breathing mindfulness meditation on the backside can help to remedy that. So I suggest you do this, but For you to see the truth for yourself, I don't ever suggest you believe anything that I say. So you can do it with breathing mindfulness meditation for like a week or two or three and see how that works for you. And then for a week or two or three, try it without breathing mindfulness meditation. That way you're not just believing what I say, that you can actually see the truth for yourself of what actually is working well for you, because there's certainly been times where I've sat down and just done loving kindness meditation by itself. But what I noticed was the mind was more cluttered at those times, and it was more of a challenge to focus on the object of the meditation, which is this loving kindness. So because I know the truth on this, I would only do loving kindness meditation at this point with breathing mindfulness meditation first but that's because I had the experience to do it both ways and see the difference. So if you're looking for the truth and you would like to see for yourself, that's where you don't believe what I say and you practice. So try the way that I'm teaching for two, three, four weeks, however long you like, and then try it without the breathing mindfulness meditation for two, three, four weeks. Not just one session and one session because that's not going to prove anything to you. When it comes to meditation, it takes a gradual amount of it to really accumulate to any results so it's going to take you some time to really soak this in and develop this ability over a couple of weeks that you can see it really improving the condition of the mind before you can now try the way that i'm advising you not to do and even with that one you might only do it two or three times in the way without breathing mindfulness meditation you might realize like whoa this isn't really helping as much at all as the with the breathing mindfulness meditation and you might decide to not even do it for two or three or four weeks without breathing mindfulness meditation but you look at the truth for yourself and see what works what i'm teaching you is what i know 100 percent sure has worked and then it's a matter of you practicing on your own to determine the truth for yourself
2: thanks david gloria has her hand raised so let's go to her next So I have a question about the chanting that is before and after the meditations that I notice David is doing. Mm -hmm. That's one question. The other question is, um, once we get into the habit of the loving kindness meditation, um, I know it is advised that we experiment on our own. but. If you can uh, maybe share your experience, how often uh, is advised to do love and kindness meditation? Sure. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Gloria. So the chanting that I do, it's to help ease the mind into meditation. And it helps to cultivate concentration, awareness of breath, and a lot of other benefits, which the last Wednesday of this month, I'm going to do the very first session of a four-part series to help you develop your Buddhist chanting practice, if that's what you would like to do. So what we did the first month is breathing mindfulness meditation for four sessions. Now we're doing loving-kindness meditation for four sessions. Then as part of the next four sessions on Wednesday, I'm going to teach you on the very first session. All the benefits of a chanting practice and what that does for you and then I'm going to actually teach you how to chant for four sessions so we'll kind of put it all together at that point so that you have the chanting the breathing mindfulness the loving-kindness the breathing mindfulness some more and then some chanting at the end and that'll all come together for you over the course of this program but what's important for you to understand is the chanting is not prayers It's not any mystical, magical thing that's trying to invoke any particular thing. It's actually about your practice, and it's about easing the mind in the meditation, helping you to get more benefit out of the meditation itself. And by doing the chanting practice, you will find these particular benefits and more that I'll discuss as part of our very first chanting session at the end of this month, the very last Wednesday of the month then in terms of where do you incorporate loving kindness into your meditation practice it really depends on you if you are finding yourself meditating two or three times a day and you find yourself harboring a fair amount of anger or hatred or ill will then you should make this part of probably every session that you do if you find yourself you know just having trouble with a few relationships here and there You may only be interested to integrate this into maybe one session per day out of your two or three. And then over time, as you develop the ability to not have hatred, anger, and ill will, and you're noticing that you don't have hatred, anger, and ill will, you can actually phase loving kindness meditation out of your practice altogether. But if you do that for three months or six months, and then all of a sudden, some relationship pops up in your life and you're noticing that you're having anger, hatred, ill will towards this person. You already know the remedy because you worked with this meditation for such a, a long period of time to eradicate all this hatred that now six months down the road, a year down the road, if you have a relationship that pops up and you're noticing some anger arising, then you know the, the solution So you just go to this for a week or two or three or a month, and then when you've eradicated any kind of anger or hatred or ill will towards that one person, then you can phase it out again. So you can kind of use it on a more as-needed basis. Once you notice that you've gone six months or a year without any kind of anger or hatred or ill will towards anybody, that's the time where you know like, okay, I can start phasing this out because... It's now transformed the mind where I just look at all beings in a very loving and kind way. So you don't need it in that situation. And you'll notice that breathing mindfulness meditation will be your foundation. And the Buddha did this as well. He prioritized the breathing mindfulness meditation above loving kindness meditation. And that is the primary practice. But you're going to need this one as well. If you're experiencing not even just hatred and anger and ill will because those are kind of strong words and you may not have anybody that you literally have hatred and ill will towards, but there might be people in your life that you just kind of get irritated or annoyed with or even just frustrated. These are just lesser versions of this same poison. So don't just take the poison of anger, hatred and ill will because You may not have that strong of feelings towards people, but you may still be experiencing frustration, irritation, and annoyance. So you've got to eradicate this and stamp this out to the point where you're not even annoyed by anyone whatsoever, that your mind can be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy no matter what's going on around you.
2: There are no more questions at this time, David.
1: Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and do our meditation then, and we'll take more questions at the end of meditation based on any questions you have about meditation or anything else in this program that you've been learning so far. So go ahead and take your meditation position, whether that's seated, standing, or lying. And if you're seated on the floor, you may need some cushions under your rear to lessen that angle at the hips, knees, and ankle. And you would like your lower body to be comfortable, but not luxurious. And if at any time you feel pain during meditation, you should change your body position so that you remedy that pain. Because if all the mind experiences is pain, 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 it's kind of hard to bring in loving kindness because you're not even showing loving kindness to your own body because you're kind of exerting this pain on it, right? Right. So any time during meditation you feel any pain, just adjust your body position, put a pillow or stand or, or lay and remedy that pain so that you can get access to the mind. The upper body should be erect but not real rigid and not slouched in the middle where you engage the muscles because this is going to keep the mind attentive, alert, and active during your meditation so that we can actively train that mind through this purposeful meditation session. Your hands and arms. The Buddha put right hand over left with his thumbs together and then he put that in his lap. But if that's not comfortable for you, you can put your palms on your thighs or your knees. You can put your palms up. You can put your arms on the armrest of a chair. Totally up to you. It's not about everybody doing it exactly the same way because That's not possible. Once you've got your lower body, your upper body, and your hands and arms in a comfortable position, but not luxurious, close your eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Here, all you're doing is just developing a natural breath. Breathing in and out. You'd like to take a nice, slow, gradual breath that's not forced, that's not real shallow, but just a nice inhale through the nose where you're experiencing the entire breath. And then breathing out. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. as you establish this natural breath, start to fixate the mind on the breath, the sound of the breath, or the sensation of the air moving into the nose. The breath is the present moment. So by fixating the mind there, you're training the mind to come into the present moment. Breathing in, and out. Breathing in, and out. So you can either stay here or if you've learned these chants in the past with me, you can chant along with me and then I'll come back for some more guidance.
3: sa <speaking in foreign language> <speaking in foreign language> So, but hippa noam haka vato sa waka sank ho Hara Hato Samma Samputasa Napmoor Hassab Hako Atto Samputasa ARAHA TO SAMMA SAMBHUTA SHAM ITI BISO MAHA Vicharanang samhuno Sakato roca Anu dama sati Okay,
1: she'd be breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Breathing in and out. You should be breathing at your own pace, taking a nice full breath, experiencing all the air coming in through the nose and out through the nose. Breathing in and out. As the mind wanders during meditation, either to the past or the future, if there's any thoughts, ideas, or perceptions, wherever you notice that, just cut it off, let it go, and bring the mind back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in, and out. Breathing in and out. As the mind wanders, when you notice that Don't try to label the thoughts. Don't judge them. Don't even try to figure out where they came from. No need to feel guilty or shameful. You haven't done anything wrong. Just cut it off. Let it go. Bring the mind back to the breath. The present moment. Breathing in. In, out. Breathing in. And out. I'm going to be quiet now so that the mind doesn't even hold on to this voice. It needs to focus on the breath. Then I'll be back with some guidance on loving kindness meditation. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. Just focus. On the breath, the present moment, breathing in and out. your next out-breath, repeat this affirmation in the mind, May I be peaceful. safe May I be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. peaceful. Safe, may we be well. contentedness and the suffering it causes. parents be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. partner and children be peaceful. be safe. May they be well. be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. family members, brothers, sisters, grandparents, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins, may they all be peaceful. May they be safe. be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. Associates, neighbors, co-workers, be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. who I have not yet met in the world, and I may never meet. Be peaceful. Safe, may they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. either on this planet or far far beyond. Be peaceful. Safe. free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. Now focus on the breath.
3: Ara sāmi sopādhipāno mahakavatto sāvakasaṅgho saṅgha Nap BHAGAVATO her sab hako BHAGAVATO Hara hato Nap BHAGAVATO ARAHATO hakavato, Ara hato, some man, some SAMHOTO VI CHA CHA RANANG sakato SAKHATO RUKA VITO ANU TE Dhamma Sati Satatava Manu Sanam Bhagavati
1: Okay, if you guys would like to ease out of meditation, that last chant is That's what it's meant for, is to help kind of ease out of meditation. All right. I would like to just open things up for any questions. Same thing. If you have questions, you can put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. And then in Zoom, you can raise your hand electronically. And while we're getting ready to accept questions, I would like to just remind you that this loving-kindness meditation is to transform your mind it's not for you to wish others to be peaceful it's more of transforming your mind not trying to control others or it's not a prayer to help them be more peaceful it's actually to help you be more peaceful that by you transforming your mind And creating these rings where you're cultivating this genuine interest in others being peaceful, safe, well, and free of discontentedness, that now when you're around those people, your mind will associate with them in a more peaceful way because you've cultivated this loving kindness in the mind. And then through you changing your mind and transforming your mind and treating people through your thoughts, your speech, your actions more loving and kind. What you will notice is people will gradually start to treat you more loving and kind, but that's because you're treating them more loving and kind. This is the natural law of gamma of what you put out will come back to you. So, by you spending this time and working on your mind over multiple sessions. Not only do you cultivate this loving kindness and meditation, but then in daily life, you practice loving kindness so that you treat people polite, kind, friendly, and respectful. And as you do this over extended periods of time, more and more and more people will treat you the same way. So let me open things up, hand this over to James and Bassam, for any questions that you guys might have.
2: I was wondering, David, if we find ourselves experiencing aversion and we're in its throes in a sense, is that a opportune time to cultivate loving kindness, or should we wait until that passes a bit? If
1: you would like to try, you certainly can. There's no harm in actually trying that if your mind is angered or hatred, have ill will or aversion, there's no harm in actually trying, but what I noticed in the past is when, my mind was angry or feeling hatred or ill will. It was difficult to sit down and actually do loving kindness meditation, but I certainly tried and you should try too. The idea is, is that you know this unenlightened mind represented by my fist, it's going through life and it's experiencing this craving, this hatred, this ignorance or all these three poisons of craving, anger and ignorance the mind's experiencing that and it's making decisions and it's experiencing certain results from all the decisions that it's making through this craving, anger, ignorance, or unknowing of true reality. What the meditation is doing is it's trying to kind of catch up to this mind and it's kind of trying to cut it off at the past where now it kind of envelops it with the wholesome roots. If the craving, anger, ignorance, or the unwholesome roots the wholesome roots are generosity, loving kindness, and wisdom. So whenever we make decisions through craving, anger, and ignorance, those are the unwholesome roots. It's going to result in unwholesome results. But if we make decisions through generosity, through loving kindness and wisdom, so generosity, loving kindness, and wisdom, those are the wholesome roots. And when you make decisions through those, then you're going to experience wholesome results. So what the meditation's doing is trying to kind of get ahead of this unenlightened mind and kind of envelop it in these wholesome qualities. But early in practice, you know, your mind's really far ahead and you haven't cultivated those wholesome roots yet. So you're kind of playing catch up, but don't do it in a hurry or a rush but you're kind of behind the eight ball a bit. And that's why your mind is experiencing the struggles and difficulties that it is. But over time, you just gradually, consistently plug away and you just kind of gradually catch up to this unenlightened mind. And then eventually you kind of envelop it. And now it's just always practicing generosity, loving kindness with this wisdom of the Buddhist teachings. So that's how this slowly works to transform the mind.
2: Thanks. And do you think if we're in a situation where we may not be able to practice loving kindness meditation at the time because we're out in the world in some sense, do you think that using the affirmations can be useful just quickly, going through perhaps a couple affirmations, do you think that can be helpful for our minds?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I started doing this meditation and I was living in America and driving, commuting a lot in traffic and I would get cut off in traffic. I found myself being, okay, may you be well, (laughs) you know, or, or if somebody like honked their horn at me because maybe I made a mistake or something on the road, I'd be like, oh, sorry, may you be well, you know, may you be peaceful. Sorry about that. You know, I just kind of noticed either I would say it out loud or I would say it in my mind or like if I was walking down the road and like, just say, for example, you see a homeless person and there's nothing you can do at that moment to help the person. Just in my mind, I would just think, OK, maybe well, maybe peaceful, because this practice isn't about everybody doing something all the time, because, you know, you might feel like, oh, I have to do something for this homeless person just because I see them. But in reality, you might not be able to. You might be on your way to a meeting, or you might be late to pick up your children somewhere, or you might be on the way to the hospital for some issue. So you can kind of repeat these affirmations, not just in meditation, but in situations where you see something or you experience something, you can just kind of repeat them verbally or in the mind to kind of cultivate this genuine wish for others to be well And you'll see that your mind will kind of stay in that middle, more calm, more peaceful, without this anger or hatred towards others. And you'll just more naturally cultivate and have the mind filled with loving kindness.
2: Thanks, David. We have no more questions at this time. I did want to mention for anyone that may be listening in the United States or Canada that due to the time change that's coming up on Sunday, From here on, the classes will be one hour later. So for instance, it will be at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And this only applies, of course, to people in the US and Canada, but I just wanted to point that out.
1: Okay, thank you for that, James. Yeah, be sure you guys set your clocks ahead. Otherwise, you'll be an hour early for class, which isn't an issue because as uh, James, Manal, and Bassem invited you guys to show up early for class, where a lot of you guys did today. So that was really nice that you guys got a chance to talk in Zoom and kind of informally get to know each other a bit more. And I imagine each time you do that, you'll get to know each other even more and more. So yeah, feel free to to show up a little bit early each class. I think these guys are usually here about 30 minutes early. And uh, if you set your clocks ahead, as James mentioned on Sunday, for those of you guys in North America, just remember to, to show up for when we actually have class. So, this is our second part of a four part series to learn loving kindness meditation. And what you should be doing at this point, now that you're about six weeks into this group learning program, is you should have been developing this meditation practice with breathing mindfulness meditation. And now loving kindness meditation where at a very very minimum you're meditating once a day at a very minimum but you really need to build that up to at least twice a day and getting about 30 minutes or more per session without actually timing it because oftentimes when you try to time your meditation the mind will just sit there and obsess over whether it's time yet i suggest you don't even time your meditation but you just work on getting kind of Closer to closer and beyond of 30 minutes, because when you do the actual work, you're going to see the transformation of the mind, right? That's where the real improvement happens. And you can see the improvement of your mind in your life as you slowly, gradually transform the mind through meditation. But then learning the teachings and practicing them in daily life, that we can't just meditate and then go outside and talk harsh. You know, talk in an unpurposeful way, talk false speech or talk at the wrong time or talk with hate or hostility or harshness or bitterness. We not only meditate as part of our daily practice two or three times a day, but then with these teachings of the Eightfold Path and all the other teachings that the Buddha shared, we then practice those in daily life, moment to moment to moment and where you notice that you're not practicing the teachings where maybe yeah you are a little bit angry and you talk harsh to your uh, life partner or your children or somebody else don't beat yourself up don't feel guilty don't feel shameful just take note of what happened take note of what transpired and then aspire to improve and get better. And if you need to apologize to anybody that you were harsh with or aggressive with, then do that, right? Make amends and apologize and kind of clean that up. But no need to feel guilty or shameful because you know you're working on this practice and you're not going to be able to just click your fingers and change everything about how the mind responds in this world in just an instant. You know, all too often we put pressure on ourselves and we expect that now that you learn the Eightfold Path about the Buddhist teachings, you should be able to just click the fingers and everything instantly change. But the thing is, is that this mind has been this way for your entire life in this lifetime and in lots of other lifetimes before this. So it's not going to just instantly change when you hear one talk or you read one chapter about the full Path, for example. So while you're aspiring to improve and you're always working and looking for ways to improve your practice, and you don't want to just kind of lackadaisical and feel indifferent about any times where you are speaking harshly, for example, to people. You don't want to just kind of gloss over and be like, oh, well, whatever, and go to the next thing. You want to really take your time with that and see where you can improve. Like I said, apologize to the people involved if you need to, and then aspire to do better. But any kind of guilt or shame that you have as part of that, just let that go and realize that you're a work in progress and you're not going to actually practice this path perfectly until you actually get to enlightenment. So all the way up until then, you're going to be making mistakes. You're going to be tripping over your feet. You're going to be having challenges. Even in the first, second, and third stage of enlightenment, you're still going to be having challenges. You're still going to be tripping over your feet. So you guys, if you've just started this program in the last six weeks, you're just getting started. You're nowhere near the first, second, or third stage of enlightenment. So just know that you're always constantly a work in progress. And wherever you're noticing that anger arises or frustration arises, just cut that off and let it go. And then focus inwardly. And Try to really reflect on what are the craving, desire, attachments that are causing that, and what parts of the Buddhist teachings can you use to improve your practice for next time. And if you're having trouble seeing that, then that's where you reach out to your teacher and you post in the Facebook group or you send me a private message or schedule a personal guidance where you say, Hey, here's a situation that happened to me. Here's some things that I feel like I could have improved. But what are your thoughts? Is there anything else that you would advise or suggest for me? And that's where you take this situation that you encountered, and rather than just glossing over it, using it as as a real learning opportunity. And this will help you to develop your life practice more and more and more. And that's what this whole practice is about, is just always working to improve never considering yourself actually enlightened, and just always look for ways to get better and better and improve. So continue to work with breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation as part of your daily practice. And then remember this Sunday, we're going to be in chapter two, which is why study Gautama Buddha's teachings. We're going to be going through that on Sunday as part of our talk and accepting any questions you guys have. So feel free to read that chapter before or after or either before and after. And remember, there's the audio book that you can use as well to help you with learning that particular chapter. And then next Wednesday, we're going to be in the third part of our loving kindness meditation where there'll be less of a review of what loving-kindness meditation is, and we'll just go right into loving-kindness as part of our Wednesday session. So between now and then, have a really wonderful and lovely day. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining, and take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash Buddha.